Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Horsemanship Remarks Show. It is May 2023, which is one of my favorite months, May and September in Oregon. So amazing. Corey, good morning, Val. Good morning, Jody. Good morning. So has anyone had a chance to watch the divorce that I posted with Novella? I know it's a long series. I'm thinking of doing a short edit for you guys. I might do that just because <laughs> I'm feeling like um, maybe not everybody has the time to uh, look it at all. Julie, good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. As Julie, you might like it. It'll be interesting. Have have who of you guys has done the divorce with your horse? That is a good question. Going through the divorce right now, Corey. Are you oh you have another couple weeks of school, right? And then it's gonna be on. see you and uh, Whitney in a couple of weeks. So yeah, good morning, everybody that I don't know. Let's see. I think we added Michael, Brian. Good morning. How's your weather out there? There we go. Are you guys driving? What are you doing? <laughs> hey. hey! What's going on? Hey, it's not I who was who had requested to be added <laughs> i don't know i was thinking it was you that's awesome val you've done it at hulahan ranch oh yes when was that what horse was that that must have been pretty fun michael so i was thinking you were on the road already no Luann. good morning she <laughs> was thinking that was you were thinking that was steph and i that's yeah fun. Here huh. I am, on the road shortly. And where are you going? Headed to Spearfish, South Dakota. Can ride with Buck. Yay! On Rooster. I figured that's who you were taking. Yeah. Oh. How do you Probably feel about yeah. that? Against my better judgment. I. Uh, oh. There's going to be cows there, and Degamo's pretty handy and maneuverable basically wherever I want to put him as it relates to needing to be in position on a cow. Rooster, the last time he saw cows, but she's been in the arena with cows a total of twice, and he wanted to eat them for lunch. Like, seriously, was so jazzed by the idea. So we'll see. We'll see what Buck has 
to say about how to direct that enthusiasm. That's awesome, though, right? He because certainly is not in the rectangle. He is so far out the front of the rectangle. It's pretty incredible, but I don't want to squash and just like sit him down and back him up and have him then thinking, you know, he's not supposed to key into the cows. So yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I don't know how it's gonna go. Like usually you walk into a buck clinic and you have a sense of, you know, kind of the flow of things and your questions and whatever, but and I do have probably more questions than usual because I'm usually I'm either on a horse that I haven't worked with prior to the clinic. I'm just jumping in on somebody else's horse or I'm on my horse that I have, you know, quite a bit of everything going. And I do with the rooster too, like stuff's coming together, but I certainly don't have the consistency and um, <laughs> blind responsiveness like Tagamo's going to do <laughs> what I need him to do even if, it, even if it's not real elegant and, and pretty if I need him to be somewhere I can get him there whereas Rooster there there won't be any like hey be there now because he'll be like oh crap and we'll lose all our composure and and or he will switch his tail if I do too much so when it's like oh no yeah when it's it's like in position now. We'll see how that works out for him. So. Well, I'm excited because didn't we have questions about those things specifically with Rooster? Yeah. Yes. So. So that'll be good. What better than to have um, Buck there to actually be like, yeah. okay, what now? I did tell him you didn't want to do cows. Well, thank you. <laughs> I actually, I am going to request on day one that he um, kind of talk us through maybe how he would use a cow to teach your horse something, you know, kind of the way, I don't think it's something that he typically does or the way he thinks about it. I think he gets the horse handy and then reinforces it with the cow rather than, you know, some folks will kind of put the cow out there and let the horse kind of miss the cow and then hustle the horse back to the cow. So the, the horse connects to that cow knowing that's where the piece is. Um, and then you know, from there, they kind of let get their turns happening because the horse is doing themselves trying to get with that cow. And they just kind of shape the turn as the horse is doing kind of on their own. I don't think, my understanding, that's Buck's approach. But I'd be interested to hear how he would do anything like that. Like, if, would he pepper that in or incorporate that or how he thinks about it? Um, and then uh, I'd like to get a sense of, you know, because I, I, I know a fair bit on position on a cow and directing them and whatnot, but just to hear his, in some ways that he would explain that and insights as to how he 
likes to position his horse in terms of keeping control of the cow and setting up shots or whatever. It should be kind of cool because. And do you just like see what shapes up with the cattle and then put your horse in position, or how much when he's roping is he directing that cow out to the edge and then, you know, setting up, setting up the shot he wants rather than taking the shot that presents itself. Um, I'd just be interested to hear because I'm sure he does both, but how he how he sets them up would be cool as opposed to just these are here's the cow standing quietly in the center but let's walk around the cow and show you all the shots you can make depending on your angle of the cow well how how if you that cow is like tucked in the middle of the herd how are you thinking about directing that and setting it up and of course it'll be a maybe an annoying question to ask because He'll be like, well, it depends, you know, like the the situation is always so dynamic, even in the moment it changes one moment to the next. So yeah, that's how, where you go. That question, the context of a class, you know. Yeah, but, but that's where you say it depends. You're like, duh, of course. Please give me some specific examples of, you know, some scenarios of yeah. one or the other. Yeah. It depends. depends. You don't say. What a cop out <laughs> in. So that, yeah. that's the, it, since, I, since I know the cows are coming out, I'm going to, before they enter the arena, be saying, these are the things I have questions on and see, see where it goes. Because especially given my horse, I don't want to be just roping the whole time because I don't, don't have him in the rectangle and maneuverable enough to where get the whole thing going and I have to shift the hip that much and keep him in the rectangle, particularly by blocking the front of the rectangle, he's going to, she's going to get frustrated with that. Like, cause he's gonna wanna be in the cow or, you know, he's just not, not disciplined enough yet to stay right in that rectangle he's used to going into the pressure still you know like i have to convince him no there's the front of the rectangle and it's not moving right now oh so it'll be cool because beef will be there obviously and she was pretty scared of cows last year <laughs> so of course probably not so much this year but it'll still be interesting because he's still green on mm -hmm. cows. And then I think you get, you're get you going to get to see Dove's first trip out this year. Super jealous. But I would guess she's going to go in the morning, not in the afternoon. I wonder who's going to hold cows for you guys. Be interesting to see who, yeah. who, who does that. Well, that's what I'm hoping doesn't happen. Oh, all right. Because <laughs> yeah. as soon as that yeah. happens, everything slides to a halt and we just practice shots. Uh, I told him you didn't want that. Well, that's good. Appreciate he it. Well, <laughs> he laughed? Yeah. Oh, great. That bodes well. Uh, uh, yes. Well, see what you can shape up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well. All right.
I really hope not. But whatever. Run with it if we do. There's always things to learn. I'm excited to hear. I have to adjust my expectations if that's where we go. Yeah, for sure. Lisa, good morning. So let's go back to Val really quick. Um, Val, so she was saying, because I asked the guys whether they'd done the divorce before with their horses. We'll jump back to the buck clinic in a second here. Um, but uh, um, I was curious. So Val said yes when she interned. I think, did Val, did you intern with Riata a couple years ago? Uh, and so you did the divorce at Buck's house at Hulahan Ranch. So how did you do it? So this is the thing. I. And with who? Um, she said with Bella. Okay. Yeah. So curious how you guys set it up. And, um, and I'm curious then how, how you think of it after you see my tiny little modifications on there. Yes, uh, intern with Riata. Yeah, okay. So it was a few years ago. Yeah. Because it was so cool, Michael. It was so fun to do it with Noelle. It worked out exactly how I thought it would. And I got to show the deal. But I am running into a deal, a problem. It's not a problem exactly, I guess. But it's a thing that I'm curious what you guys uh, th think about this. She's so persistent is the problem. That, you know, she's a perfect example of passively persistent in the proper position. Like, she just, nothing phases her. She's like, well, this is what we're doing. <laughs> it's good to mirror her vibe when we're doing horses. But, so, like, the divorce took an hour. <clears throat> so, that is a lot of time focusing on a video. A lot of time. The first half hour, you know, did the introduction, did a little warm up, did did the divorce. And you could generally see it, which is why, Val, I'm kind of curious, like, how how you set it up. Because there's a bunch of different ways to do it, right? Um, but then the second half, Michael, the second half was where the juice is. I don't know how to shorten that for folks. Because when I think back to not only, like, watching... Uh, you know, hour-long dressage lessons way back in the day, multiple ones in a row, six or seven, you know, in a row where we're 45 minutes or an hour. Like, this is how long it takes to get to get to the, to the, to the end, right? Or, yeah, or watching um, Pat and Linda. They had some nice long videos. Um, and then watching Buck, I was thinking as, I, as I'm watching this video back so I can produce it for you guys, um, thinking about the times at lunchtime when we've seen Buck either essentially doing the divorce with the gate or doing the short sovereignty at the gate or, or whatever he's doing, or like the one we just got to watch in Santa Cruz, where what it was 45. I mean, I have it on video, I think, Wish. with that roan horse. Yeah, so... so it sucks because on. Oh, the roan horse that I. Oh, the one he was, yeah, working on the end of lead rope. Sure. Mm -hmm. That wasn't so much a divorce, but yeah. A, no, I'm just saying anything. Process, that, yeah. Mm -hmm, exactly. And people, but the thing is, the reality is that people leave. You know, they tolerate 15, 20 minutes 
and then they leave. So this is a question for you guys. What was that? Which just kind of blows my mind. Well, right, because it's Buck. Yeah. And there's but, so much to see there. Yeah, the, it's just, so you guys will have to say whether, because what I'll do, this is my, this is my thought, and Michael, I'd like your feedback too, because I just did another one with Palouse with the four-quarter yield, and there were three or four different components in there, but it took almost an hour again. So, so I'll put the whole hour up, and I have it in pieces so that you can keep track of, you know, you don't have to watch a whole hour at a time. But do you guys honestly want me to cut it down to like a five or six minute segment as well? Kind of like the cliff notes? I don't <laughs> because I want those of you guys that are horsemanship insiders, I really want you to get what I got, you know, move beyond just what everybody else is doing. But that's not really my choice to, to make that choice for you guys. I don't know. I honestly don't know what I should do. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard to distill it. Like, my gut reaction to your question is that would be nice just to even to have them highlighted and then you go back and watch, okay, what happened between the highlights from here's where we're starting to here's a couple nice changes to this is where we're finishing. What did it look like to get between those? So keep the longer version for darn sure. That's what Lynn just said. So can you, there's a couple comments. Would you go back a little bit? So I think it would be to have a Cliff Notes version, but. Um, Who said that? I said that. Oh. It seems shortening it would do the process a disservice. Lisa agreed. I don't think you can shorten something like the divorce. And Julie says it shows that it just takes time even when you know what you are looking for. Please keep the longer version, Corey said. If we don't have the patience to watch the whole thing, how would we have the patience to actually try it? And then Bell said the Cliff Notes version would give the horsemanship insiders an idea of what we are looking for, but keep the longer version. And I, I'd agree with Val, it, it'd be a, you know, this is the drawing out, these are the, the changes, kind of highlighting them. And then, you know, you're able to watch the whole process that got from point A to point highlight, to point highlight to here's it's, it's starting to come together. You're looking for those moments as you watch the longer version. I think that would be very valuable. But yeah, you you can't just do the cliff notes. That would be a great with Corey and all the others. Like you, That's the gold, even though it takes the time to sit down and watch it, is knowing, okay, it just does take this time and it does take this persistence. And you're learning and <clears throat> <in>, seeing, <coughs> we both got frogs in our throat today. Here, where you can see changes that maybe you're not even consciously taking in, but and here's the thing: you're seeing <clears throat> up, even if it 
isn't something you, that you choose to put in the highlight reel. It's maybe That's not the, big, the problem. Maybe not the big change, but the little changes that you know you are releasing for you know than working a horse. I don't even really. I couldn't say releasing for this, releasing for that, releasing for this, releasing for because it's happening so fast. And a lot of times I'm not even really doing it that much consciously as much as just flowing into the next thing at that moment or, or whatever the, the case may be. But it's not like, wow, there was a big change that's noticeable that I put on a highlight reel. But you got to see that. So long version for sure. Cliff notes would be cool. That's mine. And the other thing I guess you guys could could give me feedback, you can say this later on the Facebook group if you want. Um, would it work just as well for you to watch the beginning and the end of any given clip? That that was the other thing I was thinking. You could we could kind of just have as pattern rather than cliff notes to watch the beginning and watch the end and then maybe if you put a star or something on whatever one in the middle where it you know there was a, a, a big shift but i mean how do you even do that because you know, you know how much editing my dear lord it's well so even if it's like you know segment five of seven it's like here's a big change right here but like how do you highlight that change because within that <laughs> you know five minutes of that fifth video or fifth segment where is the change outside of highlighting it in a Cliff Notes reel? And here's the other thing to me that is a huge part of it is the is the pacing. Yeah. Like, and what happens before what happens happens. You know, how the pieces add up, how, how it kind of ebbs and flows. Like, I think of that a lot of times with watching Buck throughout the years, you know, before lunch. There's a lot of times when it would be. Um, but sometimes during class, you know, getting to see the ebb and flow of it takes time because you have to, like, <laughs> it takes time for that to happen, for it to come and go. And if I were to just cut that out, you wouldn't see the thread. Yeah. And that has been such a huge part for me, when I'm with my horse, to think back about watching him mm -hmm. or Gary, another great example, you know, of watching that over time, but yeah. meaning, meaning he's with a horse for an hour. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he starts a quote from roping it to saddling it, walk track canner, backing up, turning all that in 30 minutes. But that's, but not always, right? Sometimes it's much, much longer. So the little, the flow of it all, if I hadn't, if I hadn't been able to see it and you and I talked about this, I don't know how you could recreate it. And so I guess what I'm just saying for you guys, like I'm so concerned on one hand, what's the point of me putting video up there and, and you guys paying money for it? If you're not even gonna watch it, this, this pointless. You know, I'd still put it up there for the one or two of you guys that would. On the other hand, if I give you the cheat code, quote unquote, and make it seem like if you watch that five minutes or eight minutes, you've got it. Well, then I'm also robbing you 
of of how I did it. The whole point is for me to show how I thought it. Oh, what a 100%. mess! I'm. It's a pickle. There, there's really no pickle. It's a hundred percent. The whole video is in order to get what you're hoping to present. I believe what can be gained by the platform, you need the whole video and you have to make the time to watch the whole video. And not everyone will, because the longer it is, the harder it is to sit down and find time for it. But that's all for all those reasons, all the reasons you just listed and probably several other, that's where you have more to learn because consciously or unconsciously, you're seeing a lot of things. The cliff notes, it, it, in a way, it's almost like, Whoa. well, I don't, except like, that it gives, it's able to highlight some things to look for, thing to ponder as this is the goal, maybe, if you only have a few minutes to watch, say, at first or at some season of life. After talking about it with you just right now, though, you guys, I'm kind of thinking that maybe the marching order should be, look, if you want the Cliff Note version, just go through all five videos, watch the first two minutes or one minute and watch the last one minute and maybe scrub through, you know, just tap in the middle and watch 30 seconds, watch 30 seconds, because it's just as good as me trying to edit it down, honestly, because that's what I would be doing. So try that. For those of you guys who want the Cliff Notes version, try that, okay? Watch the beginning and, and just even tap through a couple in the middle and then watch the end. Also, Michael, remember, with the original platform, um, the iPhone app, um, you can download those videos so you can watch them on the road if you want and then just delete them from your phone. I've got I'm lazy about ever downloading anything because it's so seldom that I'm actually out of service these days. Just I know. I'm just telling you before yeah. you leave today, if you wanted to do that. So uh, Julie says, Julie and the Uncommon Sensei, she has a really cool coaching program. You know, Julie, the thing that I loved, you did this last year. Uh, I think you offered a coaching package for um, teenagers that were graduating from high school. I think that is so brilliant. If I had a teenager, I would totally give that to them. Um, for their graduation gift. In fact, I do have a teenager that uh, maybe we should talk about that. Okay, so she says, watching Buck work beef on following the feel and punctuality built patience in me. If even he has to, exactly, if even he has to work 25 minutes on something, making me patient in the process. I was just think thinking that too, Julie, because, um, you know, there are times when I could think to myself, oh, well, why is this taking an hour? If, if I was better, it would take less time. Maybe. But we, you and I, Michael, and probably lots of you guys have seen Buck do it 45 minutes an hour. Mm -hmm. Ab absolutely. Yeah. I mean, don't, and what was the one that we just watched that was so cool? The um, Shooter. Yeah, shooter in the round pin. Um, and when he got to where he could change eyes and all, that was at least an hour. Mm -hmm. I think I have that as well. Oh, no, that's the one I don't have. Because you were 
I don't want to talk about it. That's that's terrible that I don't have it. Awful, awful sauce. Total awful. Who 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 just said this? Lisa, Anyways, Lisa said you have to see the details, of the ebb and flow, and mm -hmm. she said exactly. You shouldn't have to work that hard. So some people can cheat. Oh, I know that's that's harsh. Cheat by watching. I know. It's just there's also, on the flip side of that, Lisa, there's also a reality to people only having so much time, and they don't want them to have nothing. But try, you guys, would you please try the beginning, the end, scrub through the middle, see if that works for you. Because I really have been thinking about it. But, huh, like I said, on the other hand, I, I keep wanting you to have the results that I've gotten. Why else would you be? paying for my platform I can't shepherd you to that a bit you know Nicole good morning Nicole I thought of you yesterday she was mentioning um the coming forwards and around so because that of course that's such a huge thing so with Palouse there's a lot of that uh a big a big big part of it so anyway I was working. well I only have so much time too but Figure it out, that's true. And when I want it to see it, yeah, that's you true. Are. Lisa, you're right. We Lisa, have, this, I think it's unanimous. We need to see the whole thing. I completely agree. Um, so the forward and around, I'm going united. So I have this Appy, whose name is, well, let's just, not give his actual name, but we call him RT because he really does not have a tail. You can imagine what RT stands for. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty much just a stump. Anyway, uh, it's kind of like, what's the point? You know, why, why even have a tail? Uh, so he, well, he started with shoulder into me, just everything was notice the outside just barrel through there with the shoulder no concept of being round and going out and around so i nipped that in the butt pretty quick because he it wasn't just shoulder in and i'm going around you it was shoulder coming directly at you like i'm gonna run you over sort of feel and kind of almost like he was ready to pull away too when you drove them off it, it seems like he had experience coming into the end of that rope and finding finding the end of the rope and just pushing off and dragging you um so that's kind of where, where we started but he very quickly realizing he couldn't be on me with his shoulder would round out but now i have a lot of empty flexion and the shoulder kind of leaving which i'm not sure which i which i enjoy least i honestly <laughs> I honestly feel like I'd rather have them trying to run over me and like have to work at that for a little bit to convince them of that when they're like really got that shoulder disconnected, feet disconnected from the rain and they're just nose in and feet really trying to go somewhere else. That to me is a harder, um, harder thing to interrupt, at least for me. So I was working yesterday. It was really... I was really, really liking how it was going. It took a while, but 
on the end of the lead rope with the flag. We were finding forward and united, and he was really he was really buying into it. Um, there, there was one point where it's like, I mean, really, does it not stand out to you how good this feels when you're lined up? Like, why are we not going here simply because, oh my gosh, that felt so, like, why don't I just do that all the time? Like, at one point, and that was like a couple of days ago, it was just kind of baffling to me as to why we were still going out with the shoulder. Like, I was struggling to understand why it was not compelling enough that he would just go, oh, I'm going to go around like this. Was but it? I think it it was a mental disconnection as much as anything. He's like, I feel pressure and rather than problem solve or like puzzle or connect, I used to be like off out into nowhere and disconnected in that manner, thinking about everything else running you over. Well, now I've got this shape, but I'm no more like truly mentally connected, not distracted, trying to be with you. I'm just, you know, and, and so I'd physically help shape it up. And obviously mentally there's a component happening there, but it it's, it's taking more time for him to really become a problem solver and a partnership type thinker to where I think that's going to help it come through. Um, um, hold a little bit. So was it one direction or the other specifically? There were different, definitely worse going to the left. Sometimes it's, I, I wonder like when that's happening, um, whether there, there are muscles that are pulling it back to, to what it was, especially one direction or the other. Mm -hmm. It just because that, right that totally can happen if you're more contracted to the left let's say then and just muscles contracted but even just patterns of movement like i go right. this way this is how i've gone for a long time but that's where i was like how is it not like it's gotta feel so much better if we're talking about muscles being contracted and like turning loose to that and going balanced or just not going so out of balance and effed up like when it gets lined up and straight, shouldn't the horse go, holy hell, this feels so much better. And then just go there. No, cause I'm like, there trying to shape that up and trying to help them. Maybe I suck at it. And you know, that's why we're not getting there. Right. <laughs> that's, that's not the case, but yeah, I think it just kind of stood out to me how for him, it was such a stark contrast between looking like shit and probably feeling like shit and it all coming together and looking very correct and had to feel good, but it not, it didn't look like it was a revelation to him that he was like, Oh my gosh, this is where it's at. And then it obviously wasn't because he didn't keep going there right away. Take kept taking time to shape. Up. And how many, how many sessions have you had after that? Um, since that thought crossed my mind, I've worked with him twice. So 
it's shaping up better. Um, yesterday, it, it was stacking on to where he was pretty, pretty much sure that there was something there. I still didn't feel like mentally he was really in a puzzling, like trying to get with me frame of mind, but he was more believing that there was somewhere to be that might feel a little better, right? He wasn't locked on to me, but physically we were finding the right position and he, he was buying into the fact that that was available to him and maybe better, okay? So we get that going pretty good. I don't know what launched me into this discussion, but here we go. We get that going pretty good. I think it was just the forward and around comment. We're coming forward and around. Um, and then I get the rope around him and he's not really afraid of the rope. She's had him since he was little and kind of done quite a bit of exposure stuff. Wasn't afraid of the rope going up over his rump or going around his middle or touching him in the flank or around his hind legs. None of that bothered him. But the moment I applied pressure with it saying, can you move out with a little feel on this rope? Can you, it wasn't too hard all to walk, but when I asked him to pick up the walk or go into a trot with the rope, he was kind of lifting it and jiggling it on his belly. I don't know, hopefully everyone can picture what I'm doing here. He, he right away went back into the just bleeding out sideways. You know, you're there putting pressure in position and so he's bleeding sideways and I'm kind of going with him. And then sometimes he'd find the fence and he'd go forward. And this is where it really felt like he knew to pull away because that when he did finally go forward, it was like both feet launch in the air. And the first time he did, did it, I didn't drop my loop and grab the rope with my, say we're going left with my right hand. And so he, he went quite a ways before I was able to get stopped because I, I didn't have the power with just my leading hand to anchor up. So we like skidded a little ways before I got him stopped. Well, the next couple times I was ready. And when he went to the launch, I dropped my, my loop and brought my other hand in there and anchored up and kind of really turned him around. And a couple times of that and that idea was, was gone. But, but his what he wanted to do feeling that pressure around his middle and my energy kind of up beside him lifting the rope and whatever he wanted to just fade away from it it's like well we just worked so hard to get you forward and united with the flag and petting you with the flag and just having you think about being with me as opposed to bleeding away now we go back you know to this and i knew it would happen it's not uncommon when they don't know what to do with that rope jiggling there it's, it happens a lot that they bleed sideways until they realize, oh, the answer is forward, right? Oh, the answer is forward, oh, the answer. But with him, it was, it was quite a bit of the bleeding sideways because that's where we started. I mean, we were there 40 minutes before that. Everything was sideways and it took, okay, now we're coming around again. Okay, that's going good. Move him around the round corral, put him back online, you know, now start to send him forward with the rope, we're right back, square one. Anyway, it finished that, you know, I could just do the slightest bit and he was starting to understand to come forward and around. <clears throat> just the, the littlest. I mean, I wasn't asking him to 
stay on that circle. It's just there is a win. You're going forward as opposed to away. That's where we finished it. But as we were doing that, I was really thinking about where is my position in this circle? So am I the center, center hub of the wheel standing still and he's going around me? And the circle is defined by being the center. And then by virtue of him drifting away, my center is moving toward him which might reinforce the drifting away. Or, and this is where I was kind of playing and feeling around for with him, or is my position as the center of the wheel, picture a, a tire and a wheel on a vehicle, walking around the rim of the wheel, and he's on the, you know, the, the exterior edge of that tire. So getting the hub, the it, hub. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Are you talking about you walking around the exterior of the hub and then him being around the exterior of the wheel? Well, depends on how you're defining hub and wheel. The tire is the tire. The wheel is the rim. And the hub, I think, is the very center around which it all pivots. So when I'm saying hub, that's a little bit more me standing still feeling and him going around when I'm, you know, walk, I'm picturing walking the wheel where we're, we're kind of walking a little bit to parallel lines around some hub that's off to my right, right? Yeah, I think that's a great, that, that's, a, that's probably the difference between like the circling game, mm -hmm. Pirelli style, um, and what we do now, yeah. don't you think? Yes. And yet, it, when, when working forward and around, I find myself feeling more like the hub. This is the very center. Yeah. Saying, it's around, just, right? Yeah, but not for very long, right? Like, that's the thing. It's not like you go around and around. Once you no. feel that, yeah. No, not like just circle, circle. Yeah. But you but, gotta feel that it's gonna work. You're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet, so in this situation where we're drifting is like, I have to get out on the edge of this wheel a little bit more behind the drive line. And he was still wanting to bleed sideways. I mean, it was like, okay, you're going back there. I'm going to drift the hindquarters more and still bleed sideways. But it helped him come through when I came out of the center, like right the center center point and got behind him a little bit more. That's where he started having the idea oh forward oh forward um and then i was able to be, become kind of more the center and say now come around not just get forward you know because there's a difference between i'm taking a, a step forward which maybe it's even kind of still away from you but it's actually forward along the body versus nothing's forward and I'm bleeding away. So when they have no concept of going forward, it's all bleeding away, you're gonna reward any step that goes forward. It still might not be forward and around, but it possessed at least the seed of a thought of maybe eventually getting forward and around because we are now going forward rather than away, right? Sure. But mm -hmm. pretty quick, <clears throat> thing, not forward 
and away from me, yes, forward, but now it's got to come around me. So it's not like you're going to hang on the forward and away, but if nothing is going forward, you can, you want to catch that first thought to step forward. Yeah, and especially if the horse is going to get stuck and won't move. Yeah, and for, for him, that's what it was. The, the pressure and he'd get going sideways and the pressure wouldn't, you know, dissipate or I'd kind of maybe increase the pressure at times. And he'd then scramble into the backup and try to face me or just get into this panic backup. And that's where I'd shift down his body and say, no, no, I'm behind the drive line. Go somewhere else. I'd like have to kind of find that position. And the first few times, again, when I did that, that was when he just, boom, blasted out of there like a rocket. But eventually, the backup, you know, stopped. But yeah, if they get stuck, you need to. Yeah. Somehow, right? So, so Brian, hopefully you're still here, buddy. So Brian said, Rick Rubin, create art for yourself. Oh my gosh, yes. But then you said videos. Does he have videos out on that? Or are you, tell me, tell me. Tell me, tell me what you're, tell us what you're saying, what you're saying about that. Oh, Rick Rubin. Oh my gosh. Julie, I listened to part of that um, podcast already. Yeah, Michael, the thing is, and so this is interesting that you bring this up just because this was what I was doing with, with Palouse yesterday, because he was a bit of a pulling back horse. That was kind of his biggest, um, um, what would you say? Like the big thing that he would do. Um, so as you know, he's done the half circle exercise, which is a lot more about that. And you watched me send him forward like that. But when he yesterday was doing what you're talking about, um, it, instead of getting behind the drive line, I felt like what he needed next was to come forwards into the sound of gunfire. Mm -hmm. So like when he wouldn't go out and like when he would not come forward on the arc, it, and it was pretty subtle, but it was legit still because as soon as you tested it nothing like er, like that how to come forwards into the flag like that that i i don't know it's almost like a no-go when the, when the horse anchors up mm -hmm. but some, somehow adding that pressure kind of counterintuitively in the sense that you're adding it in front but it mm -hmm. works and so that is and you've seen me do it i think i did it with cinco too to some degree that, that mm -hmm. I just wanted to mention that I totally think they're both like both both things that need to be checked in on lots of YouTube videos interviews with Rick Rubin oh yay I'll have to check that out thank you for mentioning that Brian pretty, pretty cool huh who said oh so this interview side note this interview that Julie sent me with Malcolm Gladwell who I love Malcolm Gladwell. Oh my gosh, I've read all his books. I do not, his, his speaking voice is not, or his style in podcasting is, is harder for me to, to just lock on to than when he reads his books. I'm, I'm not sure. Anyway, um, so Malcolm Gladwell's like, oh, I loved your book, Rick. I, I read it all in one sitting. And I'm like, you did? How'd you do that? Hopefully you went back and read it a little slower the next time. I don't know. 
Maybe, or he's such a genius. He could do it. I don't know. No. So, so, so Brian, did you read the whole book in one, one sitting or like, did you break it up? Kind of scattered. I know I, w I would never want him to listen. I think he's amazing, but it's interesting to me uh, that it was so much easier to lock on when he reads his books than, than in the podcast. Who, who knows? Far be it for me to judge, but I did notice that yesterday. So Michael, I think that that'll be really interesting to the component how is that um rt that appy how is he coming forward and it sounds like you would need to be a little careful because if a horse is already gonna run into you with their shoulder you might not want to be pulling them on top of you well and that's what's interesting because i have another and, and little quarter horse little quarter horse um his name is finn and he wasn't as pushy um not even close to as pushy but he had kind of a brace up and out the shoulder wasn't really coming directly at you but there was a very guarded hollow backed neck bulging and kind of shaped in a defensive way is where he started and I've done a lot with him of kind of getting that flag up by the eye and saying, coming into gunfire, but not straight on, like having it up behind the pole and, and having him kind of acknowledge and round out. And I've used coming into gunfire straight, but he is definitely a little sticky. Like, you know, I was saying, even on the circle, he kind of started with this up and away feel to his head and neck and therefore the shoulder was in at me. Um, but with both of them, I definitely, um, when I get back from South Dakota, I'm going to be ponying them, you know, leading them up from the saddle. And, you know, where there's a little bit less of that up and back feel there. They feel the, they feel the rope coming tight. And they're like, I got to get forward. Because that really can, can change them. 100%. And the other thing about... Um you know, ponying, I don't know is the best way to say it, but leading them up from the saddle horse. It, it, when you have a slick horn and a long last rope and know what you're doing, which by the way, I don't have a ton of experience, <laughs> full disclosure, but I've watched it a lot. Um, the ability to slide rope. And to me, that's one of the major disadvantages, aside from the angle, of course, because the horse is much more apt to pull back if they're anchored down below which is where I end up anchoring horses usually, you know, but also you run out of rope. Mm -hmm. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. So I think that's going to help both of them because there was a stickiness to come was and still is a stickiness to come forward. But I, with Finn, I'm going to cough. So I'm just going to mute you. Go ahead. So, so with Finn, more so than with the Appy, but with both of them. Uh, it was kind of interesting as I was shaping things up, I was focusing a lot on get the hindquarters up under there to round out so you can come forward rather than drifting that shoulder out or, you know, 
bending the neck way in to where we're disunited. You know, catching the hindquarters up with this potentially escaping shoulder and then coming forward. So get united and then come forward. Get united, come forward. So I was working that with Finn <clears throat> and we were getting it and, and getting lined up, but there wasn't the effort to come forward. Whether you drew on the lead rope to say forward and around or drove a little more, you'd either kind of be stuck in this single speed, like we're stuck in one gear, right? Or if you did more, you might, you might, and this was definitely the case with the Appy, you might lose the United you got and increasing the pressure caused the shoulder to go away again, them to fade out, which is definitely what I got when I had the rope around his middle, right? That we were just talking about. So it was interesting to see, okay, I used the, the tools I have to shape this up and bring them, you know, into a position of being united where they could come forward. But I had to go back then and say, well, well we got that, but that, that isn't helping us come forward. I need to go back and now get that united. And in the case of Finn, it was by doing quite a bit more, creating the life, not quite a bit more, a little bit more in creating the life saying, get united, but um, not just get pretty and square and lined up so we can come forward. It was get powered and rounded up and now go forward and kind of adding some intensity to that for the whole picture to come together. And I don't know, maybe doing it a little bit slower helped plant the seed of getting united, but coming at it that way was getting only a percentage of what I needed or a component or two of what I needed. And then realizing we're just kind of still sticky here and not really going forward, even though we're united now I had to kind of circle back around and say, no, like put effort into getting that up under there and then put effort into coming forward. So anyway, hashtag that was timing. Hashtag timing and calculating what level of intensity is enough slash too much slash because if you come in too strong, well, now they're just scared and escaping, but you might have to do a little bit more and it might get a little harried for a second where they're like, oh, crap, what do I do? But that's kind of what you need in that particular instant. So he's searching because he wasn't searching before. He was kind of getting there and then... Well... I mean, he was searching, but not, not trying, not enthusiastically looking for an answer. <laughs> I was just going to pick at the semantic of like, oh. we don't need them to be worried. No. Although the, the gap between half-assed and worried, we got to get through that somehow. Now, ideally, we can dwell in the gap. But sometimes you get to the worry. And yes, you need that to move from, if you have to get there, to move from one to the other. Just the semantic. 
We don't necessarily need them to get worried. A lot of times they're going to get worried, but I just wanted to, to yeah. just say, just because that's important, like we don't have to have them escaping. Well, in order I, to in worried and escaping aren't necessarily even the right words because you bring in that intensity maybe, and maybe it's just the, come on, go, like a sweep of the flag. Like I'm picturing, um, when you worked Mike's horse Poco, when you're here just for that, you know, not very long, a few passes, and it was just like, go. And he just like, wow, <laughs> and jumped out of there. He wasn't particularly worried. You aren't really strong. It was just, <clears throat> you kind of fired some life in there. So that then, and it was a little, it didn't produce what you were looking for in terms of finished product, but it created the life <clears throat> and his attention on you such that it made available something that you could use, you know, to shape up. And that's kind of what it was yesterday with Finn. It's like, okay, we're getting lined up, but we don't have any available power. Yeah, 100%. Or, like, you need or, life. Mentally, yeah. the thought to go, okay, and, and we're doing something. It's, okay, I'm lined up. And, and so with Poco or with Finn, it was like, come on, let's Gonna do March. something yeah. marching that's what yeah. that was marching yeah julie says um searching for escape versus um hunting the peace yeah for sure i mean that's you're right julie it's just we're talking about so how do you get there how how do you how do you say horsey this is this is sub <laughs> well in it's the idea but yeah. it's subpar <laughs> and when you're trying to avoid them have concern whatsoever you can kind of end, end up in that stuck spot or you're trying to oh yeah you're yeah, trying yeah, to build true. rapport and not do too much and have them you know like you and well then they might like you and they might you might accomplish some things but now you're kind of just got a sack of potatoes in front of you that is nice and organized but there's you know you're not exciting to them or compelling to them to the point where they're looking to you know and i i don't always like to focus on their ears and eyes are on you and they're just like locked in but to a certain extent sometimes you need that like whoa and they're like whoa okay what are we doing not in a worried sense but in a okay this is different than the status quo i might have to like pay attention to what's going on here so yeah for sure um one of the c comments oh yeah julie they have to believe that the piece is there but but okay so this is one of the things i said yesterday that i'm, I'm that kind of just came out but is really important peace in confusion finding peace in confusion finding peace when like, because horses don't know the answer, right? And also, how are they supposed to know that calmness should also have life and interest? Mm -hmm. you, you kind of happen upon that one from one direction or the other. Either you have a clean colt that has lots of life and is 100% in neutral, you know, and, and, and then you kind of show them, okay, keep on all of that and now here's what we do but if you end up with a horse that's dull or 
or or less life maybe or has learned to tune things out you got to come at it from the other way be like okay that is not yes you're calm but you're calm right now because nothing bad has happened or you're not scared but external things are going to scare you eventually and if you don't understand to be free in your body and you don't understand that um, we can direct that life and you can have that life with peace, you're screwed. I'm just <clears throat> thinking out loud here. Or I was thinking silently, but now it's going to be out loud. <clears throat> How the qualities that you're talking about there that we're looking to shape up in our horses. Do they do that on their own? No. I don't think they do. Like you can have engagement and interest and attention when like, say you got a couple of youngsters or, you know, even whatever age horse and they're kind of playing and, you know, but that's not really ultimately what we're looking for. We're looking for that life where it's not this like jazzed up. We're, we're going at it together and I'm nipping at you and then we're going to go run over here. We want that life, but not necessarily maybe as part of the process, having that kind of pop of in interest and pop of intensity and kind of give and take of, I put energy toward you and you give me more energy, you know, as kind of this little bit more bursts, right? But ultimately, we're not looking for bursts in that sense of rapt enthusiasm and kind of playing and jumping around. We're looking for that type of available energy and power and enthusiasm, but with a much more Zen frame of mind. Like they're not worried when they're playing together, but they're also not, I don't know, are they turned loose? They're, they're not quiet and kind of the waters are still like they, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I don't know. It feels like what we're creating is something that they don't do on their own. Except, and I thought what you were saying was peace and confusion. Um, and that I don't think they naturally have. Um, but what about horses that are traveling to something? Yeah. Like I think of Davina leaving the barn. She's such a good example. I'll try to get this on video one of these days. It'll be a short clip. <laughs> you guys can watch it very very quickly, um, of leaving the barn, heading up to the hay piles, slope, and she is, across, across a big pasture. Yeah, or, or like, like, you know, anybody who has a big ranch, yep, and, the, and they're going from A to B, and they could, you know, sometimes you do see this, if horses are doing their thing, and they hear you rattle the gate, or call them, or whatever, and it's like dinner time. It's like burst of energy and we know where we're going and we're going to get there the most powerfully. 
it doesn't always happen that way, but I have certainly seen it where like I watch Divina, let's say, and I'm like, that looks amazing. That looks exactly right. And let's say novella as the opposite example, definitely did not travel correctly at speed. Like she would walk around correctly on her own. What do I, I'm saying correctly, whatever God made her how she is. But, um, but as she's developed, the way she gets somewhere is much more powerful and relaxed and gymnastic. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, but I don't think I did, they I, naturally have peace. I'll go ahead. I don't think they naturally have peace um, in confusion. Or no, yeah, that's something that you have to de- develop their ability to think through the confusion rather than be confused and concerned, which is a horse's typical way. The other thing I, I thought where a horse is kind of has that life and available, they're kind of just neutral but lively and flowing free is when you put a new horse in at the pen into a pasture and then one of the horses lead horse or someone else is kind of just driving them around in a circle there's not even that much intensity it's not but they're they're just going i'm doing as long as you're doing your thing and then they'll kind of leave them for a bee and for a bit and then kind of pick them up again and they're basically circling that horse around them or i've seen um i've seen kind of maybe a little bit more well not necessarily cowy horses but you put a couple horses in together and they'll kind of know the position where they'll get up past the horse and stop them and they'll turn them back and i mean it and they're they're just like i know what i'm doing this is very calculated i'm not aggressive about it i just know the position to be in which they all do but some horses kind of will just take advantage of that and that can be kind of a available energy like they're just flowing across the ground and there's not it's not sluggish it's not do to do just walking along but it's also not a bursting feel trying to think what other examples i I would come up one i have one so davina Mm -hmm. you you know how she started jumping to the round pen because some of the rails were down Mm -hmm. so she's jumping over two feet and then she jumped over the string remember that was up at four feet Mm -hmm. well now we have the boards back up and now she just she looks she leaves the barn so for those of you guys that haven't seen any of my plays leave the barn and on the left is the is the round pen which is wooden and only four feet tall. Uh, and Or she could go straight through the gate around to the hay piles. So she's big. She's like almost 17 ends. She, so she leaves the barn. She looks out to see if I've put alfalfa out or not. So clearly she can recognize the alfalfa from kind of far. Clear as day she can. And then she's like, like if it is, she goes straight out there. If not, like if it's just hay, freaking takes a left, walks up to the round pen, jumps the four feet, 
and starts grazing. So as a decent amount of power. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's a decent burst of energy for her, but she is calm when she does it. So I, was is that a good example, do you think? Yeah. I mean. Julie says it's almost <clears throat> like they need direction, purpose, and connection, unity with another to release that thing. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I mean, you have seen the whole flow of that. Um, picturing it or just what you described I mean uh, what I've seen would be more I come up to it and then I kind of pause and then hop over it which is like a burst of energy but it's not flowing but who knows maybe she that's true she there. does she does sort of pause yeah yeah but I mean, like out in California when we were bringing the herd in you know, you know either whistling them in depending on the time of year if the grass was really good you'd have to go out and right. drive them in but if if there wasn't as much out there that you whistle and you know the ones that get grain would be like yes let's go and then the whole herd picks up and follows them and they would kind of you know obviously traveling like you're saying across they'd find a rhythm some days a little bit less so it was more of a kind of like ah, we go and but other days it was, it just came trotting in. And then I think I mentioned a, a little bit ago, we had a log. It was probably a little bit less than two feet, maybe. Maybe it was two feet that they'd, yeah, it was probably at least two feet that they'd jump over to come into the, the holding pen. <clears throat> and there it was, they all learned the rhythm of, you know, get your stride figured out. So when you get there, you can hop. It wasn't come up to it. You know, there's 40 horses and the one in the middle of the pack goes, I'm going to come up to it, pause, and let the every, everybody else crash into me. So there is a little bit of a flow where they almost look like gazelles jumping or, you know, a herd of deer, and they all go jumping over at the same time. Oh, I saw a video my dad sent me of this herd of elk. I don't know where. I think it was out in Wyoming somewhere. The traveling from one range to the next or something and they were literally probably a thousand elk and they're in one group and they're just keep coming and they keep coming and they cross the road and then there's a fence that initially is up but eventually it ends up kind of on the ground but they're still all just like leap 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 and I, like you go okay i've been watching this for a couple of minutes now that's a lot of elk like this video is going to be over pretty soon isn't it and they just keep coming and then they pan off to the right and you see like as far as you can see there are still elk coming and some of them in bigger groups and then there's a little pause but just like a flow anyway that really doesn't have anything to do with anything except that it well, was freaking amazing and just the flow of them coming over the fence. And it was, there was the occasional elk that would like pause and get hung up like, oh, what's this? And then would jump. But for the most part, they just kind of followed the one in front of them and, and cleared the fence. Right. Nature is amazing. Isn't it? Amazing.
Uh, absolutely. So these girls are like, Davina, she's so smart. She is, she's a simple minded horse. I've said this before, simple minded, but that means uncluttered. So the things that are on her mind are like, very, very straightforward. Uh, she's gotten so snuggly and nice too. Kip's like, want you to do more with her? I'm like, I know, need to. But I told you, I have to get the fence in my arena at home set because the, the, the way that the, um, the way that the trusses come down, there's a space basically as the last truss comes down where really on novella, I don't even have to worry about it because I'm too short, but it's way too much for Davina. Like I have to have a fence. Otherwise I have to really, really steer her super, super precise, which is annoying a little bit just because it makes the arena small and she's already big. But if she sneezes, I'm going to smack my head on that thing and be dead. And you guys are going to be sad, hopefully. So uh, let's see. Uh, Lisa says, I've seen all three of my horses do things that they learned in their development. Oh, yeah, isn't that fun? Yeah. Julie says, in there, is there any research in how they fall into mirroring? I don't know. I'm not into the, All the, into brain. the harm. Oh, farm. Yeah harmony with each other how do they how do their mirror neurons sync up yeah you'd have to talk to someone else who's super into the brain chemistry of it all who's into that mark Rashid and um i don't know there's a couple different people that really geek out on that i but julie when you figure it out still report back because It'll be interesting to hear what you discover. Isn't that funny? What is the deal with that, Michael? That that none of that grabs a hold of me at all. I guess because I'm not a part of it. Like, meaning it doesn't change at all what I do. Or what it doesn't further my connection or my partnership with my horse to know what chemicals I don't think I mean other than understanding that clicker training is releasing a bunch of dopamine and that gives you a jacked up kind of you know heroin sort of a effect versus the serotonin peaceful calm but really the only thing I care about is that those are different in the sense that I want one versus the other but I don't what do you think that is in me People would think that, that I, because I'm so detail-oriented and, and curious about some things, but the brain chemistry, I just like, I don't know, it's weird. I, I was, it's a defect in me, obviously. Clearly a fault. That is weird, Emma. You geek out on a lot of stuff, I know. Not like the, the, the chemistry and the science behind it must relate to something practical that I can use. Otherwise, I'm just like, meh, who cares? It's probably not good. I hope I can admit that to you guys. Julie, what's wrong with me? What do you mean it's not good? Like, who cares? Not who cares about it, but who cares what turns your crank and I don't mean to be judgmental about other like probably beneficial I don't know but it's funny how 
I dismiss is that I guess I'm just always weeding through what can be applied. Yeah, is it is it purely academic? Interesting to know. Um, enlightening, perhaps, but doesn't change what you're doing or isn't practically influencing the no oh, yeah the knowledge of it isn't actually helping you do anything different or change doesn't change what you're doing then it kind of is is it's not theory it may be science and well researched and backed up science but it doesn't change the facts on the ground as to how you interact with your horse. Facts on the ground. I love that. Yeah. Although, as, as you guys know, there's lots of other things that I'm interested in that, that just are, make, you know, feed my curiosity. I don't know. It's weird. Feet. Feet is another one. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Anatomy of the foot. I, 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 don't, I could care less. Which is, my farrier keeps my horses sound. That's what I care about. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I, I, I'm over it. You know, where it's about the foot and the this and the that, and they know everything about it, and they can trim their own horses. Lisa and I have talked a lot about this because she loves the anatomy of the foot. And I, and, and I listen politely. And if it's interesting to her, it's, it's you know, it, I care about it. Most people, most horse people really geek out on the foot. I could give a fuck. Well, <laughs> I like nutrition or whatever. I think sometimes some of that when you don't have someone to default to like your farrier or it hasn't been a concern with you know the horses you've owned you just kind of great farrier or not they've been really solid footed horses and then you end up with a horse that you really like you care about <coughs> excuse me um well now it's like suddenly very you know compelling and interesting or nutrition like i don't really tend to think about that and now i got this freaking thoroughbred that's going to eat a ton and it's like how do i most cost effective feed this horse and have him looking good rather than just as oh, this is what he needs and throwing a boatload of money at it like <laughs> is, is there a way to get him the calories without spending as much so now it's like it's now suddenly interesting to me not just pocketbook financially but also keep keep my horse healthy and looking good where that hasn't been totally. you know a fact totally. with all the, the other horses i've owned so speaking of looking bad julia one second um <clears throat> davina <coughs> excuse me davina you guys okay so my hand variant uh, um she's like 1400 pounds usually and um, was looking really good, looking nice and round and shiny and like, you know, top line look good, even though she's not working, she's just turned out. And then I took blankets off a couple weeks ago. When was it you guys like three, three weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, when um, it got it got warm during the day, but it also was getting cold at night. Oh, she looks terrible. She looks so bad. I'm like, Oh, oh my god. But it's going to be hot now. And I know she's going to get fat. Isn't, I think that that is interesting. 
how some horses react to temperature in terms of how many calories they burn. And she's not even a lily-livered thing. You know, she's not frail, but she looks horrible. I'll have to post something in the insider. Like, I'm like, geez. I know it's not going to last, so I'm not having a meltdown over it. But it's just crazy. So let's see. It's What's amazing to me is how, in, in some cases, not in all cases, how quickly it can change and go, whoa, where, where did my horse go? Like, that seemed to change overnight. And then also how quickly you can bring it back. Mm -hmm. Again, in some cases, not always. Sometimes it's a little bit of a long slog to get them back in good condition. But sometimes all they need is a little bit. And voila, you're, you're back to looking strong. And in and summer, like when it's hot, she gets so fat. Mm -hmm. It's like, then it's like a disaster trying to keep her safe, you know, from not getting too fat. Yeah. So Julie says, nothing's wrong with you. I think you're pragmatic. <laughs> and that's why what's working for you matters. She says she's obsessed with why it's, it grabs me. Yeah, totally. And I realize that you're not alone. So any, anything that you write, I will be very interested to read. Uh, Lisa says, I love that I learned barefoot trimming. It's empowering. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Whoops. Although I do not care. <laughs> but uh, Lisa says, I feel your pain, Michael. I've been trying for years to find the most effective way to keep Jake, who uh, I raised, she, Lil's baby, <laughs> looking good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, not easy. Uh, necessity is the mother of invention and curiosity. Yep, exactly. What time is it? It's time for you to go. I'm pretty sure we're over my one hour. We are. We are, yeah. I told Stephanie I'm going to be done by 9.30, but that does not mean 9.30. Yeah, she knows that. So the other day she was shocked. I'm like, <laughs> I got all this packed. You know, these are the things that I didn't quite get to that we might need to grab. <laughs> she said, wow, look at you planning ahead. And we're talking like two days before the, the leaving. I didn't really plan ahead. I just happened to start <laughs> stuff together. So, yeah. It's so amazing to have friends that know you and accept you for who you are. Oh, my gosh. I think we're pretty ready. Um, although I did remember last night and she's going to be annoyed with me for this one. Um, we had a, anyway, we had an electrician out. The power was out at the barn the other day for, for most of the day. And that was the day I was getting everything kind of packed and ready. And so I was going to check the air pressure and the tires and get everything set to go, but the power's out. So I didn't fill the tires. I just check the pressure and they all do need air. So I do have to this morning before we go, which should have been handled earlier, get air in the tires because they're all a little low. How so, long is your drive? Uh, uh, nine hours, I think. Uh, you guys need to get going. No. Yikes. Okay, hold on. I think Let's... it's, I don't remember. I'm terrible. I looked it up the other day. Val says, I prefer to build resource community with skilled professionals to whom I can turn when I have questions, which 
will or will not cause me to dig deeper. Right, Val, me too, pretty similar. Uh, Val, uh, Julie says, Val, then you know where to turn when you want to know more. Yes, correct. Joanne says, you're planning. Oh, they, <laughs> she's talking they all know I, I, everything's last minute. It's not <laughs> best, but. <laughs> oh, me too, Michael. You know, I'm so much more like you. But however, I do not have a gang around me to fill in the gaps. Well, okay, to be fair, Lisa and Debbie do fill in the gaps a lot <laughs> for me, but they're not around quite as much as your crew. No. So funny. Well, okay, so you guys, um, let's continue on. Please do do the divorce thing. Well, if you're going to watch it all in its yep. entirety, please do that. I'm interested to watch it because, like, I've I've done the divorce plenty of time, like lots of times, lots of different horses. And I've done it different ways. What's that? Carve your night latch. Yeah. In a lot of different ways, but I guess I've never thought through because no one's really asked me to compile them or to explain the ways in which I do it. So it'll be interesting to hear what your modifications are. Because I, you know, I think one of the modifications are riding within your comfortability and your ability. And there's times where I'll have someone doing this on their horse. I'm like, okay, we're going to modify this here or there so you can stay safe because I might just throw it all to them and let's go. We might need to temper some of it a little bit more for you. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. it'll be interesting to, to watch your video and see and what modification. Yeah. And then the, the, other, the big thing too, like for you in particular, or any of you guys who have more experience, um, so uh, the second half, and really how specific I get. So I even went back and forth on whether to put that still photo um, for the cover, you know, hey, the video is up, of, the, of her achieving the target. I feel like it sort of gave it all away. But how specific are you really? Is it just like this general area of the deal? Or did you put a flag or a glove on the ground and get your horse to do something until they put a foot on it. Now I didn't do that because I was concerned that that would really be too much time for the video. Um, so, but I, what? That is super fun though. Oh my gosh, right? Like the best. I was, I was telling Debbie about how, um, I, I think maybe I told you about it years ago on a beautiful day like this. Um, I just turned Nigel loose outside the barn and rode him around for two hours until he found his way through the gap in the gate to the back of the arena. That was a long time. But it was, what else was I gonna do? Like, it was great. He went everywhere because I had the field open, you know, so through the woods, <laughs> it was great. It was really fun, um, but probably not appropriate for uh, trying to do a video. But so when I got very specific, that's the part that I'm kind of curious, like how, whether you would have done things differently or um, whether you would have that, the kind of the second half a little bit. So I'm, I'm very curious what how, your guys' experience too. 
because there's only so many times. I mean, really, you got one and done. Yeah, one and done. Well, one and done, but you can build on it too. You know. Of course, yeah. Start it again, and they've already kind of got the idea. Okay, the gate is not the thing, and I'm going to head right the other direction. You can build a specificity. Unfortunately, the reality is riding, you know, multiple horses and keeping everything else going. I don't always have unlimited time with any given horse. So you have to kind of calculate, you know. That's what Lisa just said. Riding to a target is super fun, but definitely time consuming. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. But that's why, like, especially with Novella, and you need to do it with Zorro as well. Now, um, they get to a feeling like any horse can figure out where you're doing a transition in the arena let's say and they're like okay we will we do you know canter walks right here they figured that out super quickly but and i mentioned this on the video i feel like them figuring out that you have a specific geographic location in your mind that they have to figure out is different well and there's yeah, this is maybe stuff you talk about in your video, but um, there's different goals too within the divorce, like sure. targets. Like, are we just trying to get the horse to change their mind about being near their buddy in the gate and go, okay, I'm, it's much better yeah. to go over here versus, and they both are maybe accomplished at the same time versus <clears throat> my horse might not be incredibly drawn to the gate, but I'm wanting them to, to learn to really like focus in on me and asking, where are we going to be? And where, to where you kind of more do the target on the ground, you know, the flag. Good the point. Yep. To and I the, did not mention <clears throat> where the horse really zeroes in on where is your focus? Where is your intent? Now that's partly happening just with, you know, trying to get them to not be sucked onto the gate or the other horses, but that can be a focus of the divorce. The the idea of the divorce, the the method of, of not directing them and just having them follow pressure and release and where your focus is. So, good, Excellent point. Good for all horses. Excellent point. This is a very, very good point because it would be an error if, if you are, if like horse was super married up and super duper stressed out about being herd bound or gate sour, whatever you want to call it, um, then it would be an error to, to put both of those on together, I think. And yet, if that's the case, they're still learning to follow your focus. You might just have a little bit lower expectations that you're not going to take it all the way through to put your foot on this specific deal. Yeah. But they are, they are learning to follow your focus and your intent mm -hmm. and feel of your seat changing and your, the life in your body rising and falling. There's just so much good there. So and that's great. the target that that's the target in that yeah. it is just the a continuity. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you guys will see this novella. She's not, she wasn't really attached or not attached to anything. Um, not really. So it's a good example of them being where a lot of you guys probably are with your horses is they're not super gate sour or super buddy sour. So 
this is a very good point, Michael. The goal is not so much the divorce at that point. It's using the concept of the divorce to yes. marry them up to yeah. your intent and your feel. <laughs> at one point, I said we should make it the hotter, colder game. Yeah. But I don't want to. Yeah, I get in enough trouble for reliving. Rather than the divorce, it's the marriage. The marriage game. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Peace out. I got to run. Okay, you guys. Gotta have a good week going forward. We will get the report from Michael next Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 8.30 Central. All right. All right. See you guys.